This is Aikido Discussed, your regular weekly Aikido podcast where we talk about everything that is the martial art of Aikido. I'm Christopher Hines, head instructor at Aikido of Fresno, and with me is Joshua Tihi, assistant instructor at Aikido of Fresno. And my Solana McDaniel, first Q and student at Aikido of Fresno. Josh pulled out his phone right as he was saying his name, like he needed to remember, <laughs> like so he needed a Q. What is that name? <laughs> he needed a Q to remember his own name. And also, what, what, what do I do? What, what, <laughs> what is this all about? Why I know I, I wrote it on this phone somewhere. <laughs> on this phone somewhere. This is, is our my name. second podcast in this um, session, recording session that we've done. So Josh's brain is just drained just, oh of all. Yes, yeah, mush. It's, it's totally just, different than a normal day where we sit for three hours about martial Perfect arts. day where my brain is at high capacity. <laughs> the sickness is a. Uh, it happens. Are That's a thing that uh, that people don't realize. I don't think, but what? your brain Doesn't gets well a little gets a little mushy when you're sick. I believe you can't, that you can't think properly. Hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, I mean, when you're under any kind of stress, you yeah. know, if you're just tired or, you know, had a long day, like, your function yeah, goes down. I don't down. understand what you guys are talking about. My what? brain is like a razor's edge. All the time. Every time. Never sick. <laughs> never stressed. Never stressed. Never sick. Razor sharp. Huh. So, this episode is brought to you by the technique of shield. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Like I And the numbers in one, the, two, yeah. and three. I was trying to figure... See, it would have been really awesome... Had we chosen, you know, one of the, the, the six sort of the, the standards, because then I could have by the number, blah, 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 Ike at one, Ike at blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like how you looked at me and said one. That was one, Chris. One. Ike, Ike one. one. Ike equals so, one. Uh, but that didn't work, so I just went with the other way. Anyway. <laughs> it was uh, almost cool, and then you yep, explained yep, it, yep, and then yep, it wasn't. Yep. <laughs> so this is uh, an episode about Shionage. Long story short. All right. So we're going to break it down. Talk all about it. Talk all around it. <laughs> probably, probably getting that done. And uh, leave everyone As per usual, with more questions about this technique than when they started. I think is this correct or incorrect? One of the um, more iconic aikido techniques this is one of the techniques that i think people are just like iconic chionage that's the technique everyone but i'm not even sure people really understand like really understand it's what it is because i think some people think it's the 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 pin that you do while you're holding someone Mm -hmm. um some people think it's the the throw the throw yeah um some people it's some people don't even some people it's the arm arm. Yeah. yeah Chicken arm? Chicken arm. Well, I don't know how to describe so, it. Yeah, yeah so let's Chicken let's arm. set it up and then we could talk about all the Is it okay, wait, question. Is it iconic for people who know Aikido? Or is it iconic to people that don't know Aikido? Oh, I don't think I think is. outside of Japanese Jiu Jitsu you uh-huh. really don't see the technique that much. I mean uh-huh. I've se- it depends on what you mean by the technique and this is the uh-huh. thing we'll have to talk right, about right. today, but um, you really don't see it that much in a lot of other stuff. You see in Chinese martial arts you see some variations of a thing that you could call Shionage if you wanted to. Um, but it's not the way we do it. Um <laughs> And you see, you see it appear uh, in other things, but not really. Like, not yeah. like it's done in Aikido. Aikido, it's kind of like hmm, not, you don't see that in many other places. So, so uh, but like, I know this is. I'm talking once again, talking around Shionage, not talking at it. Um, poor Shionage. Well, you know, um, I just I'm so embroiled in. I like I spent so much of my life in Aikido that I don't know what it's like to not know it, and mm-hmm. so. If you were to show Shionage to just a random person on the street, would they think like, whoa, that's a particularly interesting, cool thing? Or is it people that do Aikido, they're like, oh, Shionage is like, 
that's like oh yeah because I they it, they like I, I think it's the second yeah i think it has a special place because it's such a weird stupid thing and it's also kind of hard uh that i think people are like oh man forget she this one it. yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I, well, maybe I, I'm. Gonna, I don't know how to qualify that because it's like uh, I think to someone who doesn't do martial arts, any spin twist thing looks the same. Right. So right. Right. Yeah. Sankyo right. looks the right. same right. as Shionage. Looks right. the same right. as Kodagai. Right. You'd be like, I don't know. Right. What you do? But there's nothing yeah. particularly cool about that, as opposed to any other cool wrist twisting. Right. Or you arm you have twisting. to have some information about yeah. martial arts in order to understand that it's a little different than yeah. normal stuff. If you had zero information, it looks like a kick, a punch, or a twist. Right. You know, like, and that's yeah. what it looks like. Yeah. Know? It just, we seem to hype it up so right. much, but it's because we are looking at it a little more closely. And also, I think partially because people are like, well, Shianage is a hard, like, you gotta do it's it. been branded one of the advanced or hard techniques. And so. Is that true? We, okay, we've talked about advanced techniques talked. in the past, so I don't want to go down that road. I'm advanced. just saying that I think that the reason that a lot of people are like, oh, Shionage is partially because it's, it's been, that label has been put upon it. And so yeah. people are like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, and I think I think the reason why it's so difficult is because um, there are a lot of different places you could put your emphases on the technique because the technique as we show it in Aikido is a conglomeration of a whole bunch of stuff, really, as Weird. far as I think that's happening. You know? yeah, 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 and so it's like, well, if you're emphasizing this part, then that's one thing, or that part, and so it's like people are like, oh, my Shionage is really never that good, and it's like, well, this part and this part of the eight parts that are in Shionage are good, right? So, you know what I mean? Really well, yeah. Well, let's break it down for people and kind of explain, uh, like, uh, kind of walk through it and, and what it is, and then we can kind of talk about maybe some of those parts. Um, I mean, to me, right, like, it is a nage, so there has to be some sort of projection part mm-hmm, of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So maybe we start there. So you want to go backwards? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it's, <laughs> the last word is nage, which means projection. The second to last word is ho, which means direction. And the first word is she, which is the not nice form of four. Um, so four directional throw is basically um, what it means. Um, why it has this name is argued amongst many different teachers. Um, I've got my own theory, um, which is no more valid than anyone else's because all kinds of people have ideas. Um, but it's four direction throw. Essentially, it's where you do uh, a sotomori movement, which means a turn to the outside, meaning you're turning so your face is going away from the person instead of turning so your face is going towards the person, right? Mm-hmm. So uchimori is turning to, to face them. Uh, sotomori is turning to face away from them. So uh, you're doing a sotomori movement, and as you're doing that, you're bringing their hands um, to the back of their neck, and then uh, there's a projection in there. Um that's the basic technique right. and what it what it's called. So, and the idea with the four direction throw, depending on who you ask, one of the ideas I suppose is uh, four direction throws. A, uh, you it could be that you are looking in each of the four directions as the throw happens. So, That's right. as if you were scanning a room right. and you're sort of taking the person with you, mm-hmm. uh, or B that you could be throwing the person in any of those uh, four directions. And maybe That's those correct. things are happening happening simultaneously. But you could throw the person in any of those four directions as well. Yeah. Got it. So uh, I think one of the big questions, like you mentioned before, is like there's like eight different things happening and like which one. I don't know. That was, uh, just, right. that was, that was That's hyperbole. But right. No, I, but like. There's multiple things. With a yeah, lot of things. Aikido techniques, it's like what is the actual technique that we are naming here? Like what is the is the essence of the thing? And then what else is <clears throat> things around? Like it's like 
there's just so many different pieces of that like progression you know so it's like is the shihonage the turning to the outside part to try and get to the the back of the person or is it the 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 sh- come the, along with the arm right the arm you know twisting <laughs> outward and then to behind their head you know, so no one got to see that she was making an arc <laughs> i was making an arc with my arm with their arm as if it would be projected <laughs> right around her that body that typical shionage arm the, the front of her. Uh, is it the you know is it the throw from that arm behind the head position is that the you know is it the is throw it the, during the motion of that which is different right because you could take you could make the movement unbalanced Mm -hmm. you could unbalance while making the movement and those are two different things that happen two different ways depending on who's doing the technique right right i mean yeah if you want to catalog them it's like there's a there's a, what some schools is called tenkai kotagaish, which is there's a kotagaish at the end of the shionage right. where you're twisting the wrist from that position. Um, you can do it from an extension of rokyo. Um, you can do it that way. Um, some people call variations of it nihonage, which is like um, there's a, less of an emphasis on making all four directions and more of an emphasis on going from point A to point B. So you're doing One, a, a quick 180 turn. Um, which puts power into it. Um, you can be emphasizing the irimi aspect of it where you're positioning yourself cleanly behind them so you're in a safe position to do that. Um, you could emphasize the unbalancing, as you guys were saying, uh, as you bring them down. You could emphasize the pinning or controlling aspect, both standing and on the ground with it. Um, so there's, there's a ton of things that you can emphasize, and I, I left a bunch off, but um, there's a ton of things you could emphasize when you're doing shionage. And so to qualify, if you have a good shionage, does that mean you have to be able to do all of those things right. good? Um, because those honestly could arguably each be different techniques. Yeah, shionage yeah, 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 could yeah. be what we call shionage could be, I don't know, 15 things. Who knows how many things, you know? So, um, well, let's do a couple things. So for you, let's like personally, specifically, what are the things that you think are important to making the, the shionage or, or the high points of the thing? And then maybe we can break it down and talk about like why it it's so difficult a lot of times. Like, because it seems like there's a lot that can go wrong with it um, that cause people trouble. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, so, so there's there's a bunch of even to unpack in that. It seems like you made it simple, but the, uh, the top maybe is let's stop and what are why the do part, we call yeah. it? Yeah, well, let's yeah. just say well, why do we call it shionage? Um, so in our dojo, I call it shionage because that is traditionally recognized as that throw's name. Um, I think that name has some problems with it, and I don't think. I think where that name – so when you look at any Aikido naming convention, you're looking at a bunch of stuff. You're looking at Japanese traditional jujitsu naming, which is where we inherited a lot of stuff. So Daito to use specifically, but then also a lot of other little things got hazed in there. Not just from Yoishi, but from other people who did Japanese jujitsu and then it did Aikido. And those kind of – those little bits of other schools kind of got turned into that too, right? So you have that. Then you have like the colloquial period at the Kobukan, which is like early Ueshiba schools where they're like, they're calling it what they call it in the school. And that's just an efficient thing, you know? And you have older names like Kote Hiniri and, um, you know, uh, Kote Mawashi, things that we don't, in normal Aikido, you don't see those names anymore. Um, and not for Shionage, but for other techniques. There's lots of old technique <clears throat> names. Um, and then those got processed through. Yuishiba's time at Iwama, which arguably, who knows what was going on exactly with that. And then you get it through Kishimura Yuishiba's um, uh, filtering out. And then 
from that whole era branches off, you know, how many ever different major schools of Aikido who right. all have their different yeah. take on what's going on. So so it's not actually that surprising if you're to go to another dojo that they call different techniques different things because sure. all these students were at with Ueshiba at a different time or had different backgrounds and called things different things and then took that and went to their own dojo and did sure. their own thing. Exactly right. And, and also probably different emphases on the techniques while you're doing that. But right. yeah. um, that all said, just to kind of clarify that. Um, we call it that in our technique or in our school because I think most Aikido schools would look at it and recognize that as the technique called Shionage, you know. Um, now, what we emphasize on the technique generally when I'm teaching it, although I do teach all the little specific variations of it too, um, generally what we're focusing on is a good clean turn that breaks the balance while you're turning. So it makes a nice arc with the arm uh, and that uh, that arc creates an unbalancing. So by the time you're done with the shionage, ideally they should be completely unbalanced and they should just fall down. If you get a good shionage, that's how it feels. It feels like all of a sudden your feet came out from under you and you fell down. Um, and then that also in that we, we emphasize a nice edimi position. So meaning you're well behind them. So if they use their free hand that you're not doing the shionage on to try and hit you or stab you with a knife or something, they're not easily able to reach you. So you're in good position. Um, and then we end that with a solid position. So if you didn't throw, you could work either the tenkai kotagaish or uh, some variation on edimi nage kokinage to get them down. Um, and then from there, we could do a pin as well. So those are the high points we hit. Um, most of the time. That being said, we focus on other elements of it as well. And so that's what I mean by, you know, Shionage is a bunch of things really. And so to, to just isolate is one thing's kind of difficult, but just to follow Aikido conventions, that's what we call it. And that's what every Aikido school calls it. And, or not every, many. Right. Why, and this is maybe too specific a question for this part, but <coughs> I'm interested in hearing uh, your explanation of why um, doing the shihonage, you know, turn that, that arcs that arm all the way out. Um, why does that break someone's balance so well? What is happening with that physically? So it works really similar to the principles of a lot of other throws in Aikido um, and throws. So um, I used to call this trap and carry. It's essentially tripping. But when I say tripping, um, people think I mean like to, to put their, your foot. Yeah, kick, kick their, their foot with your foot. Yeah. Your foot yeah, and that's not what it means. But it means I stabilize their hips. And then I pull their upper body around that st those stabilized hips. So their hips can't move, but I'm taking their upper body away from the base. And so once that upper body goes far enough away from the base, you can't stay standing anymore because the majority of your weight is outside your base. So it's just like, you know, if you built a skyscraper and then started pushing it sideways at a certain point, there's more weight outside of the base than inside the base. And so what happens is the structure falls over. Oh, so essentially what you're doing is you're nailing their feet to the floor so they can't move their feet right. in, in some way. That's right. And tripping is the most easy way to do that, which is to keep their feet from moving. Right. But there's other ways, like right. you're saying here. And then moving their the top half of their body right. out. Which is why I used to call it trap and carry. I think that name's stupid, and that's why I don't call it that anymore. But Because you trap their their mobile part in place, and, and then you carry, carry the rest of their body past that, right? I like so, that, actually. So that's basically the idea that it works on. Um, and so by making that nice big arc, and a lot of times it's deceptive to your brain because you think you can follow your arm, but you don't realize you can't because of the position of their body. And so then when you turn, it all of a sudden feels like you're falling on the ground because you couldn't follow your arm where it went. So part of that is you're pulling their arm all the, like arcing it all the way out as a as a mode to to pull the top half of their body uh, away from right. their feet. So, so think of it like this, right? And it works on the same principle. Mm -hmm. If you grab someone by the arm and you just pull them, right? 
they, they're going to have one of two responses. They're not going to move their lower body and they're just going to fall down or they're going to move their lower body. And most everyone will move their lower body. So, so they just kind of stumble, right? Well, in Shionage, because of the way your body's positioned, your hips are next to their hips in a way that they can't move their lower body. Right. So it's, you're not locking their feet in place. You're locking their hips in place. And then as you turn, mm -hmm. that arm gets pulled way out. So it's just like you're pulling someone by their arm mm -hmm. while their hips can't move. And so by the time you make that arc completed, there's nowhere to go. And they just fall down. Got it. And the arc uh, can be larger or shorter depending on what they're doing with their arm. So if their arm is straighter, the arc will be larger and if they sort of begin to pull their arm in, then the, the arc will be tighter right. um, and make the throw more or less difficult depending on how Yeah, and we traditionally it. get at this a lot with Ura and a Molte. <coughs> Molte tends to be the further out arm and Ura the tighter in arm. So, and this maybe is a broad question also, but I'm interested. So that seems like an interesting way to get someone off balance and mm -hmm. potentially mm -hmm. f for them to fall or mm -hmm. throwing is weird because throwing is like the word throwing kind of implies that you're throwing them but a mm -hmm. lot of these are just they're falling because of something mm -hmm. that's happening so but that's semantics um i think calling all of it projection is more fair yeah, which is right. i move their body now uh -huh. that might move their body away from me it might right. make them trip and fall down it might move their body through the air and mm -hmm. smash into the ground all kinds of things could happen but yeah yeah it's a little more broad than saying throw because throw brings to mind like you know, like a koshinage or something right but right, right. that aside um what like it seems like an interesting way for that to happen so what are the situations that might lead to having to arc that arm in such a way and being in that position of needing to do that i know that's like such a big question but. well no, it's just sticky wicket so i mean i'll <laughs> tell you why i believe this to be true yeah. um, and I, I believe it's so true that i can't believe anyone else doesn't believe this is true but i know lots of people don't believe it's true um it's because we're we're wrestling over something right. we're not wrestling over each other's bodies because if we're wrestling over each other's bodies right so if i'm doing like greco-roman or american freestyle or some other grappling style i want to grab their legs directly right. because then i can take them down or grab their upper body directly because mm -hmm. then i can move them in a way that they can't you want to get their center of mass like the right. big the meaty part right so <laughs> if you look at judo or any any of these other grappling arts where the objective is to get a person and take them somewhere then you grab them around the body or the legs is what you do right um and so when you see throws that are done on the upper body you know specifically wrist elbow shoulder what you're seeing is someone who's wrestling over something else. Right. And so we've got something we're fighting over. And probably, uh, historically, some knife, sword, some other kind of weapon that if I didn't control that, you would be damaging me with. So that's and if what you, we're wrestling over. If you think about it, um, you know, that arc that you're creating, uh, what you're essentially doing is uh, creating a uh, locking the hips and creating that arc to create space between the body and the arm uh, that is connected to your hand or you connected to their hand, right? So that would be if they have a weapon, I'm keeping that as far away from them so they can't switch it, right? To the other hand. To the other mm -hmm. hand and mm -hmm. keeping it away from me. That's why I'm creating that arc out from myself, right? On the flip side, mm -hmm. I have the weapon. I'm keeping that weapon extended away from them creating space right mm -hmm. um so, maybe, so i use this a lot of yeah. times um more like it ends up being a shihonage but a lot of times i'll use it as a um a meat like if i have a grip lock on someone's uh weapon i'll <laughs> use it as a means to create space so that i can then begin to work uh on a disarm uh, on disarming the yeah. knife <laughs> while they are 
extended like well, I extended from their body so they can't get around to grab it with right. the other knife. Then yeah. if that begins to close, then the shihonage sets up, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're they're closing that space so I continue that arc and it arcs all the way. So it. so maybe we need to step back a little bit because if you're not familiar with um like with you know complicated way to yeah. say it. No, no, it, I mean, it makes sense to me, but I mean, if you're not familiar with, you know, uh doing knife stuff or anything like armed like that, then you might not like understand what the the order of operations is if someone is attacking you with a knife and so like if someone's attacking you with a knife number one thing is you don't want to get cut and you, you're like i don't want to to be contacted with that knife at all and so ideally it would be to stay out of range for them to cut you if that is impossible for some reason then you have to um, find a way to keep them from cutting you and of course being cut is what you don't want number one and so you check the, you have to find a way to block that hand find some kind of suppression put your hand on their elbow or hand pre- preferably elbow um, so that they can't cut you with that then your main problem is well they can switch hands or they can you know find a way around your suppression and so then the next step is to get a better hold on that knife hand control yeah. control it and so that's what josh was talking about with the grip lock getting both hands covering that knife hand so that they can't switch to their other hand and then from there that's where you're moving the the knife like josh was saying away from the body as far as possible so that in addition to your hands covering their hand holding that knife in their hand um, they also just can't reach their other hand and then from there you can work on taking the knife out of their hand because you don't want to get cut and the best way for them not to cut you is for you to have the knife instead of them having it and so that right. is kind of and it also works. That up. It also works uh, backwards. So if I have the knife and they have a, a a grip on me, that distance will also help to break that grip. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? And that's what you learn at fourth Q at our dojo. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Um, but so that's like, <coughs> and that's what sets up. That's what sets up the the shionage and if you can't understand that then you will never understand how shionage works right because right. like it's such a weird specific situation you will never find <sighs> that i'm i'm gonna take that back it is very difficult in unarmed jiwaza i feel like to do a shionage that isn't manufactured the, the, right the minute you put a weapon into the mix um it will pop up yeah you'll see it i mean and it's not and it's not as if um there's some special reason for that. It's just because the positions it's one you of the put things your, that will happen. Right. Yeah. The positions you put yourself in to keep yourself safe from the knife um, lend to the Shionage unfolding. Right. So um, I know there's a couple ways that you generally teach the lead up to the Shionage. Um, can you describe, I think you could probably describe it better than I can, how you kind of teach what might happen to get you into that situation where you're needing to do that shionage in the first place. Yeah. If you are the armed person, and so so now that we understand this, I'm just going to say it like I would talk about it in class. So if you're the armed person doing shionage and they have you uh, on a katate dori side, uh, this is a good example, um, you're, you're turning sotomawari and looking for a clear, right? So you're lo- turning sotomawari to let your hand get free. That's what you're trying to happen. But it doesn't. And if you continue that sotomawari action, you will naturally end up in the shionage position. You know, you'll be behind them with your hand in the center of the back of their neck, which is great. Um, if and, you, and that's assuming they're very flexible and they can stick sure, with you through exactly that. Right. Yeah. And yeah, understand that the point of that action is not to do the shionage. The point is to put them in a difficult position to hold your knife. And so if they let go at any point, that's when you you're know cut, like, you're cutting them and leaving. That's right, exactly right. Yeah, you, you, and what's nice about the shionage is it naturally puts you in the irimi position. So if they do let go at any point, 
you, winning. Right. You You're are in a strong in a, position. Yeah, you are at distance and in uh, a good position. position. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so that's that's a common way I'll show it. Um, and another way I common <coughs> show it with them armed is um, I'll go to the strip for Rokio. So using a Rokio, a straight arm barring technique, um, uh, you can get a nice leverage point on your shoulder. So if I'm dealing with someone armed and I'm to their outside, I can get my shoulder into their elbow and pull the knife to strip. A lot of times that'll work, but if they're really strong, they'll pull their arm back, so they'll curl me back. So picture your their that person you're they're hyperextending their you're trying to hyperextend their elbow, um, which is on on your shoulder, your shoulder. Yeah. and uh, wrist. I yeah, guess. you're yeah. holding their their armed hand, and mm-hmm. then your shoulder is in their their elbow, and then you're pulling to try and strip it out, right? And then they are so strong they can pull back. When they pull back, you turn and you get a perfect shionage for it every time. Um, so that's another situation that I commonly so shionage from. Um, and then the third, um, which could be either you or them armed, depending on what's happening, you're trying to make irimi um, or sotomori, either one. So you're trying to get to the outside. And then when you're doing that, their arm is shooting wide. Um, and you can pass it. You manage to pass it. And so if they're armed, it would make sense that you're passing it because the knife's coming at your belly to cut you. Um, if you're armed, then you're pulling your arm free so they can't get it and their arm's following you in. And so either one of those situations, their arm will pass you. And then when they pass you, that really naturally leads into a shionage. And so this is the example of like shomenuchi shionage is the, this technique comes up. So that's why you're passing, like it, it kind of takes that long route to the outside right. and then comes back down low. That's like right. a whole like... Uh, so semicircle yeah, around. they're trying to cut you it's because mm-hmm. they were trying to cut to the outside and you're suppressing that and they're going low and then you pass mm-hmm. or if you have the knife you're you see them going to get it and so you draw low and they follow your hand you know and you'll notice if you spend any time just like kind of doing free stuff with the knife you'll notice quickly that like um you'll want to kind of cut low That's when right. someone's dealing you can't get in high you'll cut low like that Very and, natural. and then the response to that is to if you're the person being attacked with the knife is to um to pass it like Chris was saying, pass it low by like suppressing it through so that and pulling your body away so you don't get cut as that's happening. Yeah, if you you fence, it's called a slip. It's exactly what a slip is. This uh, shionagi to me is a technique that uh, works fundamentally on understanding the um, the energy flow, the direction of the the way that the body is traveling to me. And if you can't understand that and you can't feel that, then the technique becomes really difficult really quickly if you do understand it you can feel it and you can and uh move with it and add to it then it's easy it'll be just simple for you um it will feel effortless uh like most techniques do i feel like this technique more than others really has that feeling though of um understanding the spiral you know uh, Mm -hmm. the spiral that we talk about in in aikido um yeah, Aikido people love the spiral. And this is it, you yeah, know? And yeah. But it's not some kind of crazy thing. It's just what happens, right? right. Which is mm-hmm. like... It's the exact same spiral that you see <laughs> in Iriminage and Kaitenage. It's the same exact spiral. Um, it's just being done in a like different position than either of those techniques. And I feel like... Uh, and, all, and because, you know, for us, it's all, most often done with a weapon or with the context of the weapon... Um, the, that that energy that spirals it's very clear as to how that weapon would want to get back and reset and back to the other person and that's what helps to um, set the um, set the technique set the attack does that mm-hmm. make sense yeah I think the other thing too is like a lot of people um, 
Shionage seems like a real enigma if you're not looking at it in that context of the um, weapon because you're just like, ooh, how advanced and why would your body be in this weird position and how did, how how could someone hold on through. like that, you know, because it takes a, a pretty flexible person to, to really hold on throughout a good Shionage. Like even I'm pretty flexible and when – when, you know, when Chris does a, a really good one on me, it's difficult for me to hold on. And so it's like, why would you, you know, that seems convoluted. Why would you do that? But when you throw the weapon in, it makes much more sense. And when you look at it as like, it's a progression of, for example, you tried to pull it out of their arm by freaking hyperextending their elbow. And they were so goddamn strong that they pulled back against it, which I have had happen to me like while wrestling that I'm trying to like arm bar them and they are strong enough to pull back against it and you know do a bicep curl right um it doesn't seem so crazy um but the thing is is you you know you have to like kind of play around with you know the knife and and with the things that happen with people's bodies to start to make sense of that right when when you know you talk to people like the general public about martial arts like punching someone is probably the easiest thing to understand you know like like everything's got some punching right so like punching's easy so when you go martial arts think oh there's probably punching in it right and then kicking's not far after that and kicking's maybe kind of especially in the 80s it was like really synonymous with martial arts so oh you you must be kicking right because you do martial arts um and then some kind of grappling stuff like oh you're twisting on them you know like throwing them down something like that okay that makes sense also people saw judo and stuff but armed grappling is something the public doesn't have a lot of experience with. We don't understand the concept of arm grappling. In traditional martial arts, arm grappling was key to every culture, right? Every culture had methods of arm grappling because if you weren't killing them with your weapon, you, you were grappling right, right. over it. And so um, shionage, that's why it's not – a technique like shionage is not as commonly seen. And, and I can I can show you other historic references where you see techniques like a variation of shionage <clears throat> because we're talking about armed grappling at that point. Um, and so Aikido still has it in the syllabus. And if you're thinking that Aikido's got that in the syllabus because of unarmed stuff, it's a preposterous technique. And, and trust right, right, me, right, right. as a guy who can do a good shionage, I have a very difficult time trying to get it in an unarmed situation. Right? right. It just won't yeah. right. It won't pop up. Yeah. But the minute you put a knife <clears throat> or a weapon, it happens. Yep. Uh, and it happens a lot. Um, and it happens because either you want to turn that knife back towards me or I want to keep you know <clears throat> turn the knife back towards you or I want to keep you know mm-hmm. and that's what what ends up happening. it's funny with the Aikido techniques when and this is a little little digression I guess but um so you know when you're looking we you start looking at armed grappling and Aikido is not a pure arm grappling system at all um it definitely accounts for it though and has in its heritage like traditional Japanese jiu-jitsu is a pure armed grappling system or pretty dang close to it um Aikido's got that heritage in it and so when you look at Aikido um and you look at techniques like uh, Sankyo, Shihonage, uh, Kotagai, Shinikyo. These techniques will come up constantly in armed grappling. They will not stop coming up. They will just come up, come up, come up. And, or otherwise, you're trying to do some other kind of technique and you're getting stabbed while that's happening, right? right? right. Or, or they're doing another technique while you're stabbing them. But if you're doing proper arm grappling where someone's always checking the weapon because otherwise they're dying, then you will constantly see Nikyo, Kotagai, a variation of shionage, although there's several variations of shionage and ikkyo, you will not stop seeing those right. techniques. Yeah. And I think also, too, the other thing to remember, because some people will be like, oh, but all people do with the knife is the, uh, what is it, the jackhammer or the yeah, um, sewing machine. Sewing yeah, machine. Whatever. Like, that is tends to be people's, co- like, um, cop-out as to why Aikido techniques are not good for... Um, uh, knife stuff is because really people are just you know doing the sewing machine 
Or you hear things like, oh, most knife attacks are assassinations and not knife oh, fights. Yeah? Or, I didn't know man, that. you hear all kinds of shit, you know? And look, the truth is, if there's a weapon, you want to stay at distance. If you can't stay at distance, you want to suppress. From the suppression, if you can't escape, you're going to control. Once you've got control of the weapon, then you're trying to control the rest of them. And that, or disarm. That's all, that's it. Those are the rules. Like, if, across the board and if they pull the knife back away from you that means you have a reprieve from the knife right. and that means that you should be creating distance if at all possible distance is your best right. friend That's because right. they if they're out of distance to cut you they can't cut you and, and getting right. cut means being well, alive and we're talking about a I mean, knife not being a knife here yeah. just because whatever but right. it, could it could be, be any weapon. sort of weapon right. it could be a baseball bat right, right. and right. no one's gonna could be a pistol no, could be no a, yeah. One, yeah it could mm-hmm. be a pistol no one's gonna Jack knife a pistol, or right, you know, right, no right. one's gonna do. Yeah, they're gonna squeeze the trigger machine. really quick. You, you know, know what I'm saying? So, right. so and it's like people <laughs> want to say, like, well, I'm gonna put you in an impossible situation now, and what's your answer for it? It's like, well, my answer honestly was to never get right. in that impossible situation. Here's the progression I'm gonna do. So it's like, you know, my answer is to die. If apparently. you are shitty, so this is a thing that you know, this was this got real big talking about in the 2000s. Like every Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor I had would be like a man so when i met henzo or when i met um jean jacques or when i met whatever insert great old uh, uh, brazilian jiu-jitsu teacher here they let me put him in whatever position i wanted and then they escaped and that's how powerful jiu-jitsu is and it's like no that's how powerful a trained jiu-jitsu guy who's really good against, against a person who doesn't right, know what the right, fuck right. they're doing uh <laughs> is that is correct you're correct but like if you're, you, you're basically putting a wolf <clears throat> against a puppy that's exactly right like, but if you took jean jacques and you took henzo and you had henzo or hickson choke um jean jacques john jock would get choked right right he's right right, right because because right, right. he knows right. as much as the right. other guy right and so right so it's like people always want to put these impossible situations well, what if you're backed into a corner and he has three friends and he's got you grabbed up against the corner and they're jackhammering you with a knife what's yeah. your techniques right, right. well your techniques to die right, right. and right. Martial right. Because, my technique is to die because <laughs> yeah because there's nothing you can do there but ideally what you've done is you understand how to not get drawn into that situation and so right. the system starts answering questions and like of course it has failures you know and the first failure would be you couldn't keep distance so my first goal is to always keep distance and with anyone i'm suspicious of whether i know they're armed or unarmed i keep my ideal ma eye which is that fingertip distance that's my first step now if i fail that i don't instantly die we go to a suppression position i try to get suppression now if i fail that again i don't instantly die i still have tino hinko you know so like right. it's like there's these these layers we put on it and those are the things we want but if you're in an impossible situation you're in an impossible situation yeah this this diverged more than i want yeah no, but i mean it's important to talk about because shionagi is so reliant on that um those kinds of you know armed situations we have to talk about right. like what your what your ideas are when being armed, and, and you also of our have listeners to may not, may not know that you, you know? also have to figure out. You also have to understand where it is in that in the progression, right? Right. Um, because Shionage is whatever three layers or four layers down. Uh, your distance uh, mm-hmm. broke. Your uh, suppression failed, uh, failed and now failed. your blend is is failed or is failing. Right. Mm-hmm. That's where it begins. And so to jump in and just do a shihonage of your own volition is, of course, ridiculous. But it comes from, oh, this specific situation happened, and then they tried to do this, and then this was my response. And I turned, and I still had their hand, and so I ended up behind them. And truthfully, you know, this is one of my issues with the the way that we call nages. And I know it's now listening to you talk about the history of naming conventions in Aikido. Like, it's just kind of a, a conglomeration of different stuff. Like... 
shionage is still shionage even if there's no nage even if there's no no throw you know right right. um because you're getting into a better position and you know if you've still got that shionage you know arm behind their head um in that like chicken arm position um (laughs) whatever i don't know like you know chicken wing um like you've still you still got something out of that you know and if they've got something in their hand you know or if they've got your hand in their hand you can disarm or free your hand and you have done what you needed to do and the throw is a extra you know i mean that'd be great but if they don't fall who cares i mean to me the 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 hadoki from shionage is still a shionage right projected them away from you and you escaped and and it would look nothing like the formal technique of shionage Mm -hmm. you know right it's just i i think like um because because aikido has become so um like codified in the way that it is that we can't separate um shionage the throw from shionage the movement the better positioning or shionage the pin or shionage the you know whatever like there it's all different versions of shionage but we're so specific on it when in reality that code of that thing that was codified was also kind of just a conglomeration of things and and a a nickname that someone gave it and that random one stuck you know and it's like we think that like there was a grand plan and truthfully it was a bunch of random people that studied with osensei and had different ideas and said hey let's call it this or i'm just calling it this thing in my dojo and that's what ended up happening and so now we think that there was a grand plan when in reality there wasn't and so we shouldn't treat it that way maybe either part of this too is i think the the flaw a flaw in form straining you know and yeah this is an episode i'd like to do maybe at some point uh, also talking about form straining and you know good bad indifferent but i think form straining makes it difficult sometimes to get to the heart of what the thing is that we're doing yeah um because we see the form as this whole you know, if you're going from A to Z, and Z ends up with the person on the ground, and you're, you know, doing the thing, we see that as one. Right. Instead of realizing that, like, no, it's 26. Right, yeah, one, two, three, four, five, right. six, you know? like You know, it's A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, like, you know, and I'm just throwing that in there, but... um so it's it's it we see Shihonage as, as one thing because it's taught as one thing instead of realizing it's a set that like yes it it's it's a progression that starts with that you know uh the uh, wase or whatever um and is a failure all the way down to when you have them pinned yeah you know right you that's fa- all, you, you're, you keep um, that's all failing. Yeah. Well, yeah, or like they're just, for example, if it's they're grabbing onto you, they're still holding on to you, right. and then when they fell and they're still holding on right. to you, then that's why the pin would happen, right? Or so you know, that, that's why, which is a failure, right? Which right. is like I would yeah. have liked to have cleared them before they hit the ground, but that didn't work, right? Right? I would have liked to have cleared them at the very, you know. So, like, I think that's the other thing too is is because of the nature of forms, it's very difficult to mm-hmm. to see what's happening, and I've noticed too. Um, and I've, cause I've done this a lot. Like when we're doing shionage, I think a big problem is, is not any thought being put into, are they grabbing me or am I grabbing them? Because there's a, there's a lot of reasons why I would grab them versus they would grab me. That is so, again, another good point <laughs> about this specific technique. This specific technique. Oh, yeah, and, and every Aikido technique, I think right. can, can be it, done both ways and, and some ways are better, you know, whatever. It takes some critical thinking because <laughs> so if they're grabbing me, um, 
then that that probably means that I have something that they're trying to grab in my hand that they're trying to hold on to, you know, and that's the, the grab my wrist reason, which is I'm armed. Right. Um, and and so I my idea is, well, I want to get their their hand off of mine so I can continue to cut them because that's my greatest defense in that moment right. is using the weapon that I have in my hand. Right. Um, and so the Shionage is maybe coming off because I'm trying to free my wrist from them. If at any point they let go, even if I'm in the middle of my Shionage beautiful arc and they let go, goodbye, I'm done. I'm done with that technique. I cut them now. I don't need to do the rest of the technique or hold on to them to make the rest of Shionage happen. And what will have happen a lot is when we're doing that version of Shionage where they're grabbing you and then, you know, you're working with an Uke who's maybe not super flexible or something happens and they're not able to hold on to you. You grab their wrist to keep them so that you can finish practicing the technique, which is fine if you if you are aware that you're doing that because, you know, you're helping someone who's maybe not as flexible as the technique requires. However, if you're not thinking about that, then you're used to grabbing onto them when in reality the goal is to Get not be held. Them, right? Right. And so you're 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 programming your unconscious mind wrong to do different or, or you're not thinking of you're not putting any thought into it. Right. And then on the opposite tack, when we are grabbing them, realizing that that's for a reason, I am holding on to them with a vice like grip because they've got something in their hand that they can hurt me with. That's and right. I cannot let go of it um, until I've got it out. That's right. And to practice it with you know something and those are two gives your mind something to hold on to and those are very different two different tacks yeah right yeah and you know having a knife in the hand does help because it it brings especially when you're trying to hold on to them keeping both hands on um you go oh that's why because there's a, a wooden knife in their hand right now and i can see that and that gives me something to realize why i need to hold on right. you know and that when you're when you're grappling over another object that's not your body or their body then there's a focal point outside of both you and them and that's where the struggle's happening you know so that focal point is what we're grappling around and so that could be you holding it them holding you or them holding it you holding them right like it could be both of you holding it also if you had a sword something with a long handle then you're both holding it you know so like a joe or yeah right but the important part is just to understand the focal points outside of your center and that's why all this stuff happens that's why there's all these arm techniques in aikido because the focal point isn't the center but if you look at like greco-roman the focal point is, is the, the center, center of the body or ju- ju- judo Focal point is the center of the body. And so, like, depending on the version of Shionagi that you're practicing, just put a little bit of thought into um, why uh, you might grab them or why they are grabbing you. And if it is the they are grabbing you and you are doing it to free yourself, then make sure that you're not making it impossible for them to for you to free yourself. Right. And, and that's, <laughs> that's you know, like, I mean, honestly, that's really good advice for any of the techniques that look really Aikido-y, right? So, like... Sankyo is a technique that looks really aikido You know, it's like when people see these in movies, they go, Dad, they're doing Aikido in this movie, you know, or Kodagai, that looks like Aikido, doing Aikido in this movie, right? So any of those techniques that are really arm-centric, Nikyo, Sankyo, Kodagai, uh, Shionage, any of those techniques, those techniques are from our heritage of armed grappling. Like that's why those techniques exist in the system. Yeah. What are some, are we, what time are we? Go ahead. Okay. I was just going to say, what are some of the common, because um, we had kind of pregame this a little bit what are some of the common issues with people because i know it is a more difficult more complicated technique to learn sometimes what are some common issues that that um, you guys run into when working with students um on this technique i'm sure there's some obvious ones <laughs> so yeah, go ahead. i i feel like the idea of and this is i think what chris was talking about 
understanding where the grappling and I and I just now I think figured out this for myself that this is what's happening. Understand where the grappling is happening. So people want to contort their bodies to get around the thing mm-hmm. instead of moving their body to get around the thing, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And so they end up in all these weird like and I say contortions because they contort their bodies. The in, nage, in, you mean? The nage, uh-huh. the person doing the the doing the throwing quotes. Um, they just contort themselves in all these weird ways instead <laughs> of just understanding what the, where the focal point is and moving fitting Aiki with right. that uh, focal point uh-huh. to get where they need to be. Having hadagi rather than letting their arms get all exactly, whacked out behind exactly their head. Right, right. Or, to yeah. me, that's that's the biggest problem is 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 understanding that um, dynamic um, and and fitting their body to the thing instead of contorting their body. Everyone mm-hmm. wants to contort, and then they get to the the, the there's uh, you can see it every time. There's a point in the technique where um, I can't get my hands where they need my my arms and their arms to be where they need to go. And it's yeah. because you're wanting to take that space somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Leave that. Move yourself. Yeah. I think, too, um, the reason that that often happens is because um, people want to copy the way that the shionagi looks. And right. so they're trying to reproduce the way that it looks to them. And um, they're not, you know, haragi is what we need in that. You know, she, it's so important in this technique and all techniques. Um, but rather, and alignment with your body, generally yeah, keeping yeah, yeah, your hands yeah. in front of your center, although there's other little details that go with it. Right. Um, but instead they're wanting to, you know, do the turnaround because right, that's right. the big, like, oh, I'm turning around, right? right? And so right. they let their so hands... do all kinds of stupid shit to right. turn. Right, right, right. Because that's what they, they see. they contort their that's, body that's what they're... so that they could turn. Right. right. And then the other thing, too, is I think um, when you're practicing with someone that you care about, which is when you're practicing Aikido, that's usually what the case is, um, a lot, most people are not... Um, f- um, flexible enough to to really um, let their arm get you know uh, arced out in that way, um, or there there there'll be a ten a bit of tension there, and they won't want to let that happen. Um, and so as soon as you feel um, some tension there in your partner, you kind of stop, or right. you kind of find your way to fit around them so that they don't have such a hard time. Right. And and. Because I've noticed myself do that, where it's like, oh, I, I got I got to a part that was difficult for them, and then I just kind of limboed around and right. fit myself so that they wouldn't have to be too uncomfortable. And that's like totally unconscious, but I think that's something that a lot of people do all the time. So uh, I think that to, make that to me, I think those that's the biggest, you know, yeah, that's the biggest thing. How you how you fix that? Who you know? I don't that I'm I'm struggling with that as an instructor, being able to eloquently put that to someone yeah. in a way they can get so. What about you? But maybe that's it. Maybe I figured it out today. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, just, it's, it's a huge question because it depends on what you want to emphasize in yeah. your, your shionage. And, and I would say most Aikido schools are emphasizing that clean arc to the throw. Mm-hmm. Um, and that definitely is what I emphasized for the longest time. Um, but there's tons of other things that are useful in there that we don't, we don't put enough attention on. But let's say it's clear, clear arc. Um, that's the problem is we're not taking the balance on the turn, on the finish of the turn. So that's just simple stuff. You know, either your hands are going behind your back, and that's what you guys were just talking about, contorting, um, or you're just spinning like a ballerina. So your hands are up top. You're not contorting, but you're just, you're just spinning, yeah. spinning, not making the arm move in an arc at all. Yeah. Um, or you're stargazing. So you've got your hands in front of your center, but then you decide to look up at the sky because that's what makes that easy, you know? So like oh. m- mostly what people aren't doing is isolating the arms and the hips. And so like once you can explain to people – 
isolate the arms and the hip, then then they'll start to get good shionages. As far yeah. as the good shionage meaning that you have their balance at the end of the throw. And I really honestly don't think that that is the most important thing for shionage. Most important thing is that you are free to turn that direction while you're struggling over something, and then you can do something if it doesn't go the way you thought, right? And there's lots of little things that can mm-hmm. be in there, and that's all shionage to me. Something that you've emphasized a lot to me and other students um, is that um, when you end up, when you finish your turn, you should end up behind the person rather than next to the person. Um, you would always prefer um, uh, idimi over hitoimi. Idimi is always superior to hitoimi. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, I see a lot of Shionagi videos where that doesn't happen. And um, it just seems to me a, like a missed opportunity because it's like if, you know, if you're doing Shionage in a situation where you need it, you know, where you, it's a, some kind of martial situation, then you're going to want to take the best advantage of positioning that you can. And so rather practice to end up all the way behind them than just right next to them. That's right. And so it's been good for me to kind of, this has been my latest thing with it is to, now that I've kind of got a better hold on the that arc, when I finish making sure I'm I'm all the way behind them, and you know if they do fall, yeah. you know that I'm far enough behind right. that they're not falling on me. Yeah. And, and a lot of times it's just an extra, it's just an extra, like an extra like forty five degrees yeah. or so. It's like, just you, it's yeah, not hit, too much. And then you keep you keep the turn, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and that and that'll usually put you right where where you need to be. And if but. for whatever reason they didn't fall, that puts you in a good position to, you know, pull them off their balance, yep. you know, grab their shoulder and pull them off their balance and kick their butt or whatever, you know. Or, kick them the butt. Or, you know, uh, disarm if they have something in their hand, you know, do a little Kodagaish disarm, you know, from behind them or a various variety of other things. Yeah. Um, it's a good position to be in. Okay. We're at 49 minutes. Oh, wow. Bam! Dang. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. I hope this was helpful for people. It was yeah. helpful for me. I'll tell you what. We went on some tangents, but I feel like they were all yeah, really like relevant the, to, no, to how yeah, Shionage yeah, yeah. fits into the larger picture. Yeah. This to me is where the, for me, this is like one of the more, the most, I feel like, Aiki techniques, just in terms of like what you have to do, the process you have to go through to get the technique to come out properly. You know, if if you look at, and, and this is an idea like Shibata kind of talks about these like pillars of Aiki, meaning like, um, or at least Stephen's translations of Shibata, um, are there these pillars of Aikido that are like, they're they're in the movements, the ways that things happen, right? And Shionage is one of them, Kaitenage is one of them, uh, Kokinage is one of them, Iriminage is one of them. Like, But these are like, and if you look at it, I'm either turning then they're not moving or they're turning and I'm not moving or I'm entering in behind them um, uh, in one of a couple of ways. Um, and so that's kind of like the, 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 the meat and potatoes of Aiki movement and uh, projection of yeah. some sort. And so when you look at that, it's like, well, yeah, Shionagi is a cornerstone uh, of those yeah, ideas yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's the, the whole everything that's Sotomawari while focused on a thing, that is Shionage. It's that whole section so it's it's a huge technique that people want to make one technique and then they want to get upset that they haven't mastered that one technique that's actually you know a lot how of many different ever, things right? yeah and it also you know it relies a lot on <clears throat> some specific different situations and and to try and just jam it into a general thing is like it's confusing because it's like a lot of times it relies on having an uke that's you know either like if it was to come up in you know a live situation it requires an uke that's really flexible or really strong or you know um, trying to cut you in a certain way and, or, and you there, know there is also size issues 
yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. we didn't even mention so, that yeah like, if you're a tall yeah. person you know working on, like this is good for me uh this technique i'm also short so i can make this movement work fairly well with most people right. because right. i'm shorter than most people right anyway. also i said shibata but i meant sharada those are two different people okay Rinjiro, <laughs> that, no that's good then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah Maybe you can go back and cut that out and then paste it into yeah. the... Yeah. Right. Every time yeah. you say... Gerada. Gerada. That would be so weird. <laughs> Just bleep it out. And <laughs> All right. Let's uh, go ahead that. and uh, thank our uh, Patron. patrons whom... Whom we love We love so for much. doing all the wonderful things that they do. All right. So... Thank you so much to Barrett Lippy, Ben Bear Wrestler Aldrich, Brian Bear Crowley, Rich. Brooke Ferragamo, Christopher Acido, Constantinos Andrew, Dave Dewberry, Floor Hanowick, Francis Cordon, Franz Martinson, Grant Templin, Hillary Jones, Jim Gallant, Jim Sullivan, Lenny Acuna, Lisa Klein, Marcin Chiss, Matt Mumford, Matt Riley, Michael Heed, Okan Ayrton, Randy Stewart, Rob Kitson, Sam Sulian, Scott Burns, Sension Center, Sharon Okada, Thomas Polino, Tommy Siv, and Yuli Simgu. We really appreciate you guys. It makes all of the difference for us to have that support. Yes, it, it does. does. Yep, and, yep, yep, um, yeah, and share this uh, podcast with your friends if you haven't done so already. Subscribe if you haven't done so already also Follow to make sure Facebook that you get uh, stay updated so if josh yeah. is sick again i'll tell you there i'll you be go. not in yeah. the episode this week that josh is good is to know yeah. yeah just in case you're like hey where's my episode yeah, i'm you're pissed off <laughs> you can follow us on facebook Oops. or on um patreon uh, uh chris is good about posting on there as well if there's some kind of issue um so if you want the the news as to why maybe your podcast isn't dropping late. on tuesday late, or wednesday yeah. that's why um all right tip of the week do a shionage and do a shionage. Do, do, well, like Spend don't just do it. Like, like figure do it out. Hard. Don't just do it. Do it. Don't just do it. Um, do it hard. Do what? Like, figure out what kind of shionage uh. you're doing, and then figure out what kind of problems you maybe are having because of the kind that you're trying to set up. So, if it is one where you're grabbing them, but you're really trying to free your arm, stop grabbing them. Or, better yet, put a knife in your hand or their hand and see how the shionage happens with a knife um do it a bunch of different ways yeah. you know so normally one way that i like to do it sometimes is like from a, a katate where um look i'm not gonna do as the nage i'm not gonna do uh anything other than putting my hand in front of my head and and making that turn um and see if the uke can keep connected and we can just do it through the connection, right? So a lot of times, like you were saying, we like to grab on each other to make sure that we're all locked in and good, and that helps facilitate the technique sometimes. So try it in a various different ways, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And see see what, what happens. For me, I would also suggest try to, as much as possible, feel the way the motions are, are happening. Like, can you feel that the way that the body's should be turning the arcs should be happening Mm -hmm. and if you can do that on both sides i think it'll help uh immensely yeah and and feel how you're affecting your uke you know and if you notice that as soon as they start to kind of lock up and get tight that you start to um compensate for them stop that and you know if they need to let go they need to let go and that was a successful shionage because if that's what you're practicing and they let go then great you know, and if not as the uke, of course, try to be relaxed, you know, um, make sure that you're not just letting it all happen in your shoulder, you know, use your whole body to, um, you know, 
become unbalanced throughout your whole body and not just one part like you know pay attention to how you're you know uh, organizing all of that and try and be as best in your case as you can provide the right situation for them do it good do it do it do good, good. do it good, do it good. <laughs> thanks that Welcome. was helpful Welcome. <laughs> and on that note <laughs> all right folks we'll talk to you we'll next talk week to you next week